want to talk to y'all about Jesus. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Can everybody just say that? Turn to your neighbor and say, Hallelujah. Yeah. Doesn't that feel good? It feels good to say that. I may say it all through my message tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In every language. <clears throat> you like that a lot. Hallelujah. Jesus' name is the word. And he speaks. And any other gospel is not the gospel of Jesus Christ that he hung on the cross for. He is alive. And he died so that his word would resonate in the earth. So that his word would still be alive through you. I've been crying out in my life for more power. And I've been crying out for revival. Night and day, crying out for a revival. This is a house of prayer. What do we do? We pray, we cry out, we pray, we intercede, we press in, we dig the wells of revival right here in this city. And we've been doing this faithfully now for six years. Why? Because Dallas shall be saved. Because America shall be saved. And I will not settle, and you will not settle for anything other than the fullness of what God has for you in this generation. There are shakings coming on this nation. Unlike we have ever seen. God's not angry at you but he's going to get us. He's going to get this nation because he loves America and he's not finished with us. And those that know their God are going to do great exploits during this hour. Those who have thrown off everything to have all that he is are going to be raising the dead, casting out demons, and that's who you are. Your sons. The gospel message has to be preached again. We have to get back to the basics of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. If you want the power that Jesus walked in, you have to, you have to tell the message that Jesus told. You have to preach the message that he preached. We live in a 418, a Luke 418 moment right now. Except it's going to be even greater than Luke 418. It's going to be the fullness of Luke 418 because it, the, the, the latter reign is going to be greater than the former. So we're not looking at just Luke 418. But we're looking at Isaiah 61, which is the fullness of what he had in mind for his people. That it won't be just you as an individual. 
that is preaching the gospel, healing the sick, casting out demons, healing the brokenhearted. But you will be bringing a whole city back to Christ. You will be making the crooked places straight. Why? Because of the word. And the word became life in you. And Matthew was preaching my message. Because what Jesus did on the cross was an invitation to us. He came. He was born so that he could die. So that you could live. So that we could be set free. And so even today, he's saying to us, come. All ye who are weary and heavy laden, come. What did he say to Peter after he fed the 5,000? And he sent his disciples away in the boat, and he went up the mountain to be with his dad. And then the storms kicked up. And what does he do? He's like, hey, dad, let's have some fun with the disciples. <laughs> They just saw the miracles. They just saw me take bread and fish and feed 5,000. They saw me take a seed and turn it into food for a whole city. It's some of the cities in Dallas, 5,000. You would feed a whole city. With what's coming upon this nation, you're going to have to learn how to multiply food. So Jesus gets on the water and he begins to walk. And Peter sees him. Or actually Peter sees him and says, gets afraid. He's like, what is that? Who is that? What is that? And so he calls out to him, is that you, Lord? And he says, yes, it's me. And Peter said, if it is you, then call me to come. And so what does Jesus say to him? He says, come. Does he say, come, Peter? No. Because all of those disciples were in that boat. He said, come. But only one of them responded to the call. And when he stepped out of that boat, what did he step out on? He stepped out on the word. He stepped out on the word, see O-M-E. When he looked at the impossibility of the situation, that's when he began to sink, right? So what is the Lord saying to us today? He's saying, come. You know, I don't need that. I'll just use this. Thank you. interesting the dynamics of wanting more power and not knowing how to get it. How we want to raise the dead. I fasted for six months because I wanted to raise the dead. I got so skinny. 
And I haven't found a dead body yet, but when I do, <laughs> heaven will tremble. <laughs> Satan will fall like lightning. So if you know anybody that's dead, call me. <laughs> I'm on it. Um, that's really what we want, isn't it? How many of you want the power? Yeah, we do. <clears throat> but here's the thing. You got to come. Because a word has been spoken and an invitation has been given to each one of you. And a lot of us will sit and we'll wait for confirmation after confirmation. Well, if that's you, God, then let there be dew on that shawl in the morning. If, if that's you, okay, that was good. <clears throat> if that was you, God, let there not be dew on that shawl and let it be, be dew everywhere else. Okay, that was really good. Okay, let, there, let flowers fall from the sky. I mean, I don't know if y'all have done that. I've done that. You know, I want sign after sign after sign. Show me a sign. And he's like, oh, faithless generation. Because if I want more power, how do I get it? Do I pray? Well, yes, that helps me to hear the voice of my father so that when he says come, I know it's him. But what do I do? What, what happened? In the boat. He got the invitation and he stepped out of the boat in faith. And what happened? The impossible happened. The miraculous happened. He began to do something that was impossible in the natural, but it required him to step out in faith, believing the man who called him and said, come. And he said, come to me. Come to me. I want to see revival. I do. It's, it's the whole reason every single one of you burns with this. To see a nation revived. But you've already received the invitation to come but we haven't really moved yet. And that invitation could really look like the person on the street who, who needs food or your neighbor who just got home from the hospital or the person standing in the line at Starbucks that has a broken ankle. And so the invitation is always there Somebody said to me, why would Jesus give you more power if you're not even going to use it? God will save you out of a pit, but he won't save you out of a lazy boy. <laughs> right? The gospel message is Jesus calling us to come. John 17 said, I, in, in the last prayer that Jesus prayed before he went to the cross, he said, Father, I wish that they would be with me where I am. Are you doing what Jesus is doing for you in your life? Has he beckoned you? Has he already called you? 
Are you waiting for the invitation still? If you're waiting for the invitation, I understand that. There are times when he calls us and we step out and then there's a new assignment that comes and we have to wait for our marching orders. And that's biblical and that's the right way to do it. That we would stay in his rest until the time is to go. Until the time is to go to where he is. God, I pray that they would be with me where I am. Why? So a whole city could get saved. Think about the reality of 12 men. 12 that started this whole thing. And then you had it multiply, and then you've got the 120, right? So you've got, a, you've got a very small group of people. But what happened? The Holy Spirit came, Christ, Christ means the anointed one. You have the anointed one, meaning you have burning oil that lives inside of you. And he's waiting for you to step out in faith and allow the spirit to begin to speak to the people who are in your life. But it's that place of fear where we're so afraid of, of, of hurting someone's feelings or this whole thing of tolerance that we bought into. We're afraid that somebody's going to not understand what we're saying or that God's not going to come through. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But he's like, I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you to believe that I live inside of you and that you, I've called you to, to go out and get the kingdom for me. Wow. Now, I'm the first one to confess I get scared. I do. I get scared. And um, this week, I went out and I was... Um, Evangelizing. Well, I'm not an evangelist by... It's not my primary gift. And, um, but we can all evangelize. Because we all can preach the gospel. But we have to practice. How do you practice preaching the gospel? Well, you just read the red letters. You know? What did Jesus say about himself? You start talking about Jesus, and guess what happens? He comes and backs up what you're saying because he loves to hear about himself. <laughs> what did he do when he was here? He preached about himself. Let me tell you about me because I'm the perfect reflection of the Father, but I'm going to tell you about me and I'm going to tell you about my kingdom and you're going to live in that kingdom, which is the impossible realm, the spirit realm, and you're going to preach my gospel to the ends of the earth, right? Do you know that they don't even teach evangelism in the Bible schools anymore in America? See, faith is the invisible bridge that connects us to the impossible. I want to raise the dead. I want to see miracles. I want to see salvations. I, I burned for this. I want to see revival. But it's got to start with me. I've got to get in a place of prayer and begin to burn before God so that I then can burn before man. 
and they can see the flame and the passion and the love that I have for Jesus. We should be shouting to the ends of the earth, Jesus is wonderful. He is wonderful. He is glorious. Let me tell you how this man who died on a cross for me changed my life. And how I can finally now be the real me that God has always created me to be. And I'm not afraid anymore. The gospel will help you not to be afraid. If you preach the gospel, it will help you not be afraid. And I'll show you. Okay. Turn to Romans 10.17. Now, a lot of us have heard this before. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? But what he was talking about is not just the word of God, but he was actually talking about the gospel. He was talking about the word of God, but he was talking about the gospel. In, in verse 14, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? And it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings and good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. If you preach the gospel, your heart, and you preach Jesus, your heart is going to come alive with faith. And those people that are standing before you, all you have to do is say, have you heard the good news? And so I was out this past week, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm on the streets. I was shocked. Guys, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. John's, John's, I mean, he's like, that's an old John farm boy saying, baby, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. I'm telling you, we were, we were, uh, we were praying over these guys who were on the street. Um, one guy was a drug dealer and we're driving by and one of the guys that was with us said, pull over. So we pulled over and we go over to this guy, um, Two of the guys go over to this guy, and, he, and they begin to pray for him, or they actually said, hey, we're lost, which they weren't really lost. They kind of lied. Anyway, they said, hey, we're lost. Do you know where the blah, blah, blah is? And uh, he's like, no, man. But it was a great way just to start talking to him. And, um, and then they said, then they got a word of knowledge about his body. And they said, hey, does your hand hurt? And he goes, my hand does hurt. How did you know that? And they said, well, Jesus told us. And he, they said, like, what's the pain level in your hand? He said, it's a 10. And it's always a 10. And they said, well, can we pray for it? Because we have Jesus living on the inside of us. And he wants to, he wants to set you free of that pain. And so he's going, okay. I mean, he's got demon tattoos all over him. And uh, so they lay hands on him. Immediately, he's healed. 
He's lived with this thing 24-7 around the clock for years. His hand gets healed, and he's like, whoa. <laughs> what just happened? Open door to preach the gospel. Let us tell you who Jesus is. He gave his life to the Lord right then and there, got baptized with fire, and began to speak in tongues. Okay? And he shared with us, <clears throat> he shared with us that he has four small boys and his wife, and he hasn't been able to get a job, and he hasn't been able to find shelter. Um, he hasn't been able to qualify to get in the shelters in that area. And so he's been selling these drugs so that he could have a hotel room. He stays in these, you have to check out everyday hotel rooms. And he said, you know, I, I, I paid to have my wife and my four sons, uh, uh, I paid for them to have a bus ticket to be with their mom, and I want to be with my family, but it costs $185, which I don't have. And he said, I mean, down on his luck, he, is, he just needs a break, right? And so we said to him, well, um, here's our cell phone number. Why don't you call us tomorrow, and we'll try to set you up and help you out. So we called him, or he called us the next morning, and he said, you're never going to believe this. Because, you know, a lot of times when you get somebody saved, you think you have to take care of them, right? You know, you're like, well, now that you're saved, I really need to feed you, and I da-da-da-da-da. Well, we, he calls us, and he's like, you are never going to believe what happened to me. I woke up. I was walking out of the hotel room. A guy walks by, and he said, hey, are you looking for a job? <laughs> and he said, I just need somebody temporarily. Could you help me out? Can you do this, this, and this? And he's like, yes, I can. So he got a job. Then the guy that we connected him with ended up getting him into a shelter. So he got free uh, room and board, and he got a job the next morning. Because the Holy Spirit is saying to him, come. The spirit and the bride say, come into my heart. You are my beloved son, and you're now mine. And while we were, while we were uh, 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 saving him, a guy walks by, and we said, hey, and we run after this guy, right? And this guy, Sean, starts um, praying for this guy, and he, is, um, he, he gets saved, baptized the Holy Spirit, begins to speak in tongues, and a guy is walking by him, and he said, what must I do to be saved? <laughs> and we're like, oh, okay. And we're thinking, this is so easy. I don't know what I was so afraid of. Come on. People are dying to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. They want to be saved. They're waiting for the sons of oil, the sons of the kingdom, to tell them that they too can be saved, that they can be free from the prison that they've lived in, that they can be free from sin and death and drama and trauma. Just like me, just like you. We can't sit on this anymore. Because Dallas shall be saved. Yeah. Turn to 1 Corinthians 2. I'm going to wrap up with this. Because Luke, the apostles, they knew about the situation. 1 Corinthians 2, 1. 
They understood what it was to have a major city like Corinth. Like Corinth. Corinth was basically the New York of the area. So it was the biggest, most prosperous, most demonic city in the region. Right? They've got idols, they've got, you know, sexual immorality, they've got everything, you know? So here's Paul. It's a little intimidating. And Paul says this, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. Here's Paul, who's, the, who's a brilliant Pharisee, who's more intelligent and more educated than the average Joe, right? And he's saying, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come with excellence of speech. Verse 2, he says this, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So he purposed that he was not going to get into a doctrinal discussion and argument with these people. Because he understood, I'm not going to try to intellectualize the gospel and get into all the swirling conversations and the debates. He said, I have purposed myself that I would know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Because he said, the gospel is what has power. The gospel is what has power. Preach the gospel. Cast out demons. Lay your hands on the sick. Raise the dead. In that order. <laughs> I'm telling you, David Hogan, how many people has he raised? 50, something, more than that. I don't know, 100. 500 people. Is it? 500 people from the dead. That guy's a busy guy. <laughs> but he's, he's touched on this. He's figured this out. Maybe I should go down there and... Go, David. I've been fasting. To, can I join? Raise the dead. Anyway, he's figured it out, though, hasn't he? Because he said, I will not perform any kind of healing unless I've preached the gospel. I have to preach the gospel first. I have to preach the gospel. I have to say, this is who Jesus is, and this is what he's done. We should make his name great for what he's done. Okay, verse 3. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. That doesn't sound like a lot of faith. So he's, he's saying, look, I was scared because of, of what laid before me. And he said this in verse 4, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And Luke says in Acts 5, he, said, he begins to pray and he said, listen, the, 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 what is before me, which is a whole city of Dallas, it's too great. So Luke in Acts 5, he said, God, give me boldness. Give me boldness so that I will not shrink back, but I will go forward in boldness of words. So that my words will be the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then you will meet me in that place with your power. Amen? 